Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. Well, welcome to the Big Picture Bible Study. I'm your host, Larry Raglan. Tonight, boy, are we going to get into some stuff. I'm talking about, we're going to talk about the days of Noah. But more than talking about the days of Noah, we're going to ask the question, as in the days of Noah, and the Nephilim, which is the giants, they roam the land. Are they roaming the land still? Is it possible that that's part of the signs of the times of the days of Noah? Let's get into it tonight. Bible study. Let's go. All right, everybody. Good to see you. Good to see you. As you can see, this is Bible study. So we're going to touch on some very, very uh, controversial topics, but we're going to talk about it from the context of the Word of God because this is Bible study. Okay. So right off the bat, if you hadn't already done it, go ahead and smash that like button. Go ahead and smash it. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button. You're watching on Rumble. Uh, click, click the thumbs up on Rumble. If you watch it on Facebook, give us some hearts, give us some love. Wherever you're watching it, whether it's YouTube, Rumble, even X, we're on X as well, or Facebook, make sure you comment, make sure you find a way to like and respond and share and help us build not just the big picture, breaking news and all the stuff we do, but we need to really, really, really uh, put the word of God out there like never before. And when you like that, and when you comment, and when you share, it puts us in front of people. So what a blessing that is. So go ahead and smash that like button and get it out of the way right now. And I also want to remind you that we are live here on The Big Picture on YouTube only and Rumble. YouTube and Rumble, uh, not Facebook. This is the only thing we do on Facebook on a regular weekly basis. But every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we are live right here at 7 p.m. Central Time and anytime breaking news would happen. So keep that in mind, keep that in mind. Uh, so tonight we're going to ask the question, are Nephilim and giants alive today? Uh, but we're going to go that, going to answer that question from uh, the, the premise of end times prophecy. Uh, if you watched last week's uh, show, the Bible study on Wednesday night, then you, the, the open doors, the, the time of door, how to open doors and windows of heaven is what it was called. You can go back and watch it if you hadn't watched it. It's a very powerful revelation that we talked about. But one of the things we talked about was the, that, that this is 2024 at the time of this recording in around the world on what is known as the Gregorian calendar. But there is another calendar called the Jewish calendar, which is actually what prophecy is based on. And it is the year 5,784, 5784. And that is in the Jewish calendar and in the Jewish understanding of what 5784 means is the year of the open door. Now, it's very, very important for you to go back and watch that if you didn't watch it last week. But tonight, it's also going to be important to answer the question that we're talking about, are Nephilim and giants alive today? And are they a sign of the end times? Can they be found in Scripture is Jesus trying to tell us something? Well, we are in the year 2024. 24 is a very significant number. Uh, it not only is 5784 the year of the open door, but 24 
represents the priesthood. Uh, the, you know, and we also know there's 24 elders around the throne. So we see the number 24 very, very prevalent in Scripture. Uh, but I will say this, and I've been telling you this on the big picture now for many, many months now, that uh, 2024 is going to be unlike any year that any of us have ever experienced. It's going to be a year of war. We already see that. Uh, I'm not talking about the wars that we're already involved in. I'm talking about new wars. I'm talking about new war conflicts. You can begin to see that already. Just as we got into 2024, we're now bombing in Yemen and all of this. We're not any longer just floating out in the Red Sea uh, with you know intimidating. We are actually engaged in the Middle Eastern war. And I say that we've been engaged in the Ukrainian war, not just by sending hundreds of billions of dollars, but also on the ground. And we're about to be involved in a major conflict with China. And it, I, back in June of 2023, I did a video called War with China in 24. And I believe that that is absolutely everything that we said was going to happen is happening right before our very eyes. So it's a year of war. It's a year that the line of the tribe of Judah and his children are going to roar in 24. As I also did a show called, it's going to be the year of more. I believe it's going to be the year of more blessings, more favor, uh, more anointing in our church service and our altars. But I also believe it's going to be the year of more demonic activity and portals uh, to hell uh, being opened up. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. And of course, it will be the year of doors. Now, some doors uh, is, can be opened by man. And I want you to understand that what I mean by that when I say doors, I'm not talking about an actual door, I put my hand on the door handle and open it up. I'm talking about a door to the spirit realm. I'm talking about some people call them portals, whatever you want to call that. You, can, you have dominion. God told us in Genesis 1.26, he gave man dominion. So man has the right in the natural realm to open doors into his life and invite you can invite you in fact if you really want to get right down to it and i'm not trying to just make a play on words but when you think about the concept of what a door is even when you get saved you choose to open the door of your spirit to the holy spirit to god you choose to believe in a God that you cannot see with your natural eyes and you open by faith your heart, the door to your heart open and you invite through the prayer of repentance and through the rejection of the demonic realm, you invite the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. And remember the Bible even says that, think about this, how powerful this. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now I don't have that scripture to pull up right now, uh, but you know that's in the word of God. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Will you, if any man lets me in, will you let me in? So we know that doors are very, very important. Doors to the spirit realm to God, but also there are doors that can be open to the demonic realm. We talk a lot about CERN and what's happening in, in, in Switzerland, in Geneva, Switzerland, in CERN. CERN is, they're disguising it as, um, or try, the, the narrative is that they're just trying to uh, recreate things in our past to learn how humans were, you know, how the world began and they're trying to do scientific experiments. Well, come on. If you watched how they, what the statues that are outside and some of the demonic things that have happened there that are not, not conspiracy theory, but fact, and many people that have worked at CERN have left CERN and said that they witnessed portals being opened. They witnessed veils being torn in two between the natural and the spirit realm. 
We know that there are demons that the Bible says are in prison. They have been imprisoned underneath rivers and underneath the ground that are going to be released for certain seasons. We know, listen to this, you talk about doors, you talk about the spirit realm. The Bible says that there'll come a time called the millennial reign. And there's a lot of debate on you know where that's going to be. I tend to believe this is going to be after the seven year tribulation period. And when that millennial reign begins, the Bible says the devil will be thrown into a pit and it'll be, and it'll shut the door on him, shut him up, shut the door on him. So there's, there's, there's a shut door and he can't get out of that door. Now, why is that important? Because I want to show you a scripture uh, that, that is very, very powerful. And, uh, and let me just put this up here and I'm, I'm in, I'm in my home studio here. So bear with me. Uh, yep. Yep. I knew I was going to do that. Here we go. All right. So revelation chapter three, verse seven, this is, this is when he's talking to the seven churches of, of Asia. Uh, and this is the sixth of the seventh church. And this is called the church of Philadelphia. And that's going to be important because I'm going to come back to that in just a second. It says, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts. He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts. He's talking about doors and shuts and no one opens. He who opens doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. I have set before you an open door. Remember, 5784 is the year of the open door. So he says to the Philadelphian church, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, you have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews, are the church, the grafted uh, vine, but are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them to come and worship before you. And I put in parentheses influence because it doesn't mean that that they're going to come and worship you. But that means that they will come, your influence will impact them. And to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have that no one may take your crown. Wow. Okay. Now, why is that important? What is so important about that is this. The Bible says that the seven churches of of the book of Revelation, which, by the way, I'll put this up here. If you want to really get an in-depth teaching of the book of Revelation, I did a verse-by-verse teaching. It's right here available on YouTube. But all you got to do is go to thebookofrevelation.tv, thebookofrevelation.tv, and when you do that, You'll have a playlist there. There'll be an order. You can start with Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, and go verse by verse through the book of Revelation. And then comment, let me know what you think about it. But when you study the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, it is not about the Antichrist. It is not about the beast. It's not about the mark of the beast. It's It's about two things. 
It's about two things. Number one, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is God showing John his current state, what he looks like on the throne, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, fire coming out of his eyeballs. I mean, it's just crazy what, how he describes how he looks right now. And then it goes into the seven churches. Those seven churches, now listen, this, this is, don't check out on me because this is important for you to understand what I'm talking about in the days of Noah. God's word Word does not contradict itself. It opens up and illuminates itself. And that's why we're starting in Revelation. Those seven churches that are mentioned in chapter two and three are, were actual seven churches in what was known as Asia Minor. Asia Minor is now what is known as modern day Turkey. So when you look at Turkey, you'll know that they were in that region. Now, but it is emphatic. It is cannot be denied. I don't care what you say. You can study church history, and you cannot deny that the Word of God is different than any other book that's ever been written. It can be literal, it can be historical, and it can also speak prophetically, the same verse. And those seven churches are emphatically also laid out, beginning with Ephesus and ending with what is known as the Church of Laodicea, representative of the seven stages of the church age. Ephesus represented the, the age of the Acts chapter 2 beginning church. It's probably one of the, if not most, the most famous uh, of the seven in the sense that we preachers preach a lot about to the church of Ephesus. You have le left your first love. You, you have all these great things to do, but yet one thing I have against you, you've left your first love. That was Ephesus. But probably also as equally uh, famous, if you will, of the seven churches is the final church, which is known as the Church of Laodicea. What makes it so uh, famous is because there is not one thing that he finds right with it. He rebukes all the things that are wrong with it. In fact, it says this, you are neither hot nor cold. This is what he says in the book of Revelation concerning the church of Laodicea. It's the seventh church, the one right after Philadelphia that we read about. You are neither hot nor cold. I would rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. You are lukewarm, and listen to me, it makes me want to vomit you out of my mouth. That is literally what the Word of God says. I, it makes me want to regurgitate, throw up, vomit you as a church out of my mouth. Now, why is that important? Let's go back to the Church of Philadelphia. The Church of Philadelphia has the opposite. The Church of Philadelphia is Jesus commending them for who they are. And he says, I've set before you an open door. Then he says, uh, and, and because you have been faithful, even though you're weak, even though you are beat down, I'm going to keep you from the hour of temptation and trial that shall come upon the whole earth, but I'm going to keep you from it. Now, this is not a teaching on the rapture, but I am of the belief of I'm a pre-tribulation rapture person. You don't have to be that. I know many people that watch the big picture are not pre-trib. That's not a salvation issue, but here's why I say that right now is because I believe that the church of Philadelphia and the church of Laodicea represent the end of it all, the end of the church age. The Laodicean church represents the current church state that we have right now, which is, which is literally sickening to see what the modern-day church is going. Now, when we talk about the remnant, that means a small amount of people. I believe that the, the remnant that will rise within the Laodicean church age 
is those that are still faithful, the few that have spilled over from the Philadelphian church. It is the church of the open door. This is 5784. I've set before you an open door. In other words, this door has been shut for all the ages of the church until the church of Philadelphia. I, God, I'm going to open a door at that point that no man can open. I'm going to shut doors that no man, I'm going to shut doors that no man can open. I'm going to open doors that no man can shut. And then he talks about, um, you know, I'm going to keep you from the hour trial that's going to come upon all the world. I believe that's the tribulation period. But the most important thing is he says, this Laodicean church makes me sick, makes me want to throw up. Now, keep that in mind, mark that, make a note of that, because it's going to be very, very important with what we're about to come back to. Now, this is the year 24. And by the being the year 24, oh, by the way, if you hadn't smashed that like button, a lot of you watching right now hadn't done it yet. I know you just, you don't think about it. You're studying, you're getting into it. Just take a second, smash that like button. You watch it on Facebook, give us a heart, watch it on Rumble, hit that thumbs up, whatever you can do. We appreciate it. But now listen, this is the year 24. And you cannot talk about the year 24 without talking about Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is huge when it comes to end times prophecy. One of the most famous end time prophecies there, there is. Let's look and see what it says here. Matthew chapter 24, of course, is the chapter that talks about wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and divers places and all that. But if you keep going in the chapter 24 and get down to verse 36, watch what it says. In response to the question, what shall be the sign of the end times? But of that day and hour, no man knows, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, what, listen closely what he says. This is the words of Jesus in response to the disciples' question, what will be the sign, what will be the environment of which you will come back in? For as in the days uh, of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man will be. For as in the days before the flood, before the flood, before the tribulation, before the judgment, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. The, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding in the mill, one will be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, you do not know what hour the Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would have come? He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody I'll just comment right now, wherever you're watching this, preach, preach, or preach. Come on, somebody. Now, why is that important? Because look, of all the things, of all the great stories of the Old Testament that Jesus could have chosen to describe the conditions of which he would return to gather his church unto himself, he chose Noah. He said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I know that people preach about the part that it says, uh, you know, 
they're giving in marriage, they're marrying, they're giving in marriage, they're eating and they're drinking. And, and we just preach that. And then we refer back to the story of, of Noah and we don't read it, but we just go back and we talk about how the heart of man was evil continually and that God searched the whole earth and, 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 it, and it just, uh, it, it, he couldn't find anybody faithful except Noah. Well, yeah, yeah, it says that. But I think you need to go back and actually read what it actually says because it's, it's really mind-boggling when you actually read what the days of Noah were like. And I think it's very, very important that we do that tonight on this Bible study because it is called the days of Noah. So this is what Jesus was talking about. This is what he said the world will look like. Genesis chapter 6 is the days of Noah, verse 1. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, born to men. Watch this, that the sons of God, now most of you are Bible students here, uh, to some extent you probably understand that the sons of God uh, are the angels of heaven. The angels. Now, these are referring to the part of the third of the angels that fell with Lucifer. But the sons of God, remember in, in Job, it says, when the sons of God came to present themselves before God, Lucifer, Satan, came among them. So the sons of God here are talking about angelic beings, and these, of course, are a part of the fallen angels that fell with Satan. Now, the sons of that, the, when, when, and daughters were born to men, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, and they took them wives for themselves of all who may, whom they chose. Now, now I'm going to go right back to that scripture, but I want to stop and say that when you, th when you go to Matthew 24 and Jesus says, as in the days of Noah where they were marrying and giving in marriage, in our minds, we think of marriage as a ceremony. We think of a husband and wife. Of course, nowadays it's a husband and a husband, a wife and a wife. But marriage as being a doc, a, a document, uh, we put a ring on our finger, you know, you know, and, and and that's what we call marriage. Well, this, of course, the fallen angels were not marrying uh, women, young ladies. No, these terms, when Jesus said they were marrying and giving in marriage, and then we see here that the sons of God took, the, took them wives to marry, it's not talking about that they did the right thing and, and uh, you know, got married. It means it is referring to sexual uh, connotation. And of course, you're, we're referring to in this demonic world, not as consensual, but as in forced, if you know what I mean, without having to say the word. So, so the demonic sons of God, the fallen angels, uh, demonically had their way and, and overtook them because, you know, they, they were very, they were more powerful than them. So, so that being understand, you need to understand when you see marriage and you see taking them as wives, it's not an honorable thing that they did. It was, it was exactly what I just said and exactly probably what you're thinking. All right, let's go back to it. It took them wives that whom they chose. Uh, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Then here we go. Verse four, remember, sons of God, fallen angels, had relations with actual human women. Verse four, there were giants on the earth. You got to watch the wording here. There were giants on the earth in those days the days of Noah, comma, 
and also afterward, comma. This right now, I'm just going to tell you right now, it is absolutely referring to there was giants before the flood. Do not know how it happened, but there were also giants after the flood. We know that. We have, we have King David. Um, we have David fighting Goliath. We have King Og, uh, multiple giants, and we'll get to that in just a minute. There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. And the Lord, watch this, and the Lord, this, this, this breaks my heart, but just think about this. And the Lord was sorry. One version says, and, it, and God repented. That doesn't mean he had sin. It just, he could not, when he looked at the condition of the man that he had made, he was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he goes on to tell us the genealogy of Noah. Now, and I, I, by the way, if you're in the live chat and you're commenting in the live chat, I will go back and read every. I'm, this is live. This is not pre-recorded. I'm going to go back and read all the live chat. I'm going to read all the comments. If you're on Facebook, comment. I'll read them all, okay? So I'm looking forward to that. And by the way, thank you to all of our partners. Yes, yes, yes. You don't even know what you mean to us. Those that click the join button down below the YouTube video and certainly those that go to our website and uh, choose to be a partner there. And this is how you can do that. You can go to our website and uh, just go to LarryRaglin.com, LarryRaglin.tv. This is the .tv part. You can see uh, you got all the, the previous videos. You can send uh, your offering if you'd like to partner with us, a gift, a one-time gift. If you want to do it regularly, whatever. We thank you so much for it. That's our P.O. box that's also listed down in the description. Uh, you can do a one-time gift. You can become a monthly partner. Uh, you can watch uh, our latest articles that we have on the Epic Times. If you study, if you use the Epic Times, I'm now a contributor there. Uh, you can watch the first season of our television show, and you can also get a copy of our book, I See Greatness in You. You can go to our merchandise store, and you can connect with all of our social media uh, platforms as well as join our mailing list. All in one website, LarryRaglin.tv is all you got to do. Uh, all right, so let's get back into this. And this this is, boy, we're about to get hot and heavy here, okay? This this right here is cra some crazy stuff, y'all. Now, what is Nephilim? Okay, Nephilim is not this different type of entity that's, you know, I did not watch this movie, the movie that uh, had Russell Crowe in it playing Noah. I did not watch it. Some of you watched it. I personally did not watch it because I read some reviews on it, and I knew that it was uh, blasphemous. Uh, and, of course, the Nephilim were big giant rock creatures and all of this. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, like I said, I didn't watch it. Uh, they even showed that the Nephilim was actually what helped build the ark and all of this. 
It's just, that's bogus. It's not what the Word of God says. Now, where do we get the word Nephilim? Nephilim is just simply the Hebrew word for giant. So when you're in Genesis chapter 6 and you look at the word giant, if you do it the old-fashioned way, get your old Strong's Concordance out like I had to do when I first started in the ministry for many, many years. I had to look up the numbers and all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, you can just sort of look it up. You can Google it. You can click on your Bible app, uh, and it will give you the, the Strong's Concordance Hebrew uh, word for it. The Hebrew word for giant is Nephil, Nephil. So uh, the population of Nephil are Nephilim, Nephilim or Nephilim. So when you hear the term Nephilim or Nephilim, it is just simply the Hebrew word for giant. Now, that being said, notice that in, in, in the word there, it says they were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward. There were giants in that day and also afterward. Now, that's important. This is another Bible teaching for another night. Uh, probably do something called something like, why, why uh, if God's such a loving God, then, then why dot, dot, dot? Because a lot of people will say, how can a loving God uh, post-flood instruct uh, the, the armies of Israel to go into cities and kill every man, woman, and child? It seems so unloving. But when you understand that there were in these, everyone that we saw that those instructions came, the Bible either alludes or emphatically states that those people were a, had a race of giants from within them. And it was tainting the bloodline. So if you remember when the flood came and then the waters receded and the rainbow came, God said, never again will I destroy all of mankind by water. He did not say that I would never again judge the Nephilim. I would never again judge the earth. Of course, we know the tribulation period is coming as well, uh, which is what I was alluding to in Revelation chapter 3, discussing the church of, Revela uh, of Philadelphia. But uh, when we get into the, the Hebrew world post-flood, you see God counting on man to follow the instructions to carry out the judgment of these that were a part of the Nephilim. We also know that the Bible tells us very one of the most famous scriptures that refer to giants is when the 12 uh, spies were sent into Jericho to check out the land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. Well, of the 12, if you know the story, 10 came back with one report and two came back with another report. Let's look and see what the Bible says about giants afterward. So we know the days of Noah, there were giants in the land at the time of Noah, but it also says, and afterward. This is what he's talking about in afterward. This is just another one of the examples. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Then Caleb, this is when they came back and they just heard all the uproar, the people saying, this is impossible, we cannot do this, the 10 uh, spies. Caleb speaks up and quieted the people. Says, everybody hushed, calm down. And was standing before Moses and said, quote, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. 
You understand that Jewish writings, it's not in the Bible, but Jewish writings of the Nephilim, those that have passed down from generations, say that the Nephilim was needed so much to, to nourish themselves, they were so huge, that not only did they eat animals, they also consumed humans. Uh, so, that, I'm sorry, this is, this is what this means, devours its inhabitants. And all the people who saw it in it are, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, I know that a lot of people preach that this is types and shadows, that this is... That this is uh, you know, this was a mental thing. We, 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 our army cannot compare to their army. They were much more prepared. They're 10 to one in numbers. So therefore we are little grasshoppers compared to their military might. No, these, the, the Anakites were giants. These, this is ref, ref, referenced many times in the scriptures that they were a race of giants. So the, the, the people of Jericho were a race of giants. At the very least, the men uh, were, there were giants that were running the other humans that were there. So when the spies come back and talk about that, they are talking about Nephilim. They are literally talking about that there were Nephilim there. So when you think about the story of, of Joshua uh, blowing the trumpet, according to telling the priest to blow the, the shofar when God said do it, and the walls came tumbling down and they conquered Jericho and went through Jericho and continued to conquer land after land after land, then you know they were conquering giants, Nephilim. Now, now let's go back to where we started. Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, we do know that the world was very sinful. But let me ask you a question. Has the world always been sinful? Of course. Does it feel like it's more sinful now? Yes, but... And no, without a doubt, it feels like it's on another level of demonic activity. But how quickly we forget that it was only a couple of generations ago that almost an entire race of the Jewish people were wiped out by the demonic evil of not the Nazism and Hitler. So, so we know that there has been times throughout history, and you go back and study history, and you just study that, you know, uh, Genghis Khan and all these. I mean, there's been millions of people. Think about how many the Communist Party has killed. I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of people have been killed. Okay. So there's been demonic generations. We just always look to the filter of the generations that we're in now. So days of Noah, when Jesus said that in Matthew 24, was not talking about necessarily only that people are really going to be sinning more. He says, no. He knew that the people that was listening to him, they knew the story of Noah. They knew that it was not just about sinful people. They knew that it was about the bloodline of Adam had been tainted by this hideous thing that had happened in Genesis chapter 6. So the question is, well, if that's the case, could it not be, and I'm asking a question, could it not be that when Jesus said in the last days, as in the days of Noah, 
so shall the final generation be. Remember, the last step of the church age, if you are a believer, and I am a believer, that the seven churches of Asia mentioned in chapter 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation are representative of the seven church phases, then you remember that the last one, the Laodicean church age, look at it, read it, go get your Bible out and read it and compare it to the condition of Genesis chapter 6. And remember that God said the, the condition of man in Genesis chapter 6 was so hideous that it grieved him, that internally it made him sick that he had made man. And when you compare that with Laodicea, he says you, are no, you have forgotten what it means to be a church. You're not hot. You're not cold. You are lukewarm. You accept anything. You don't want to upset the apple cart. You, you are ordaining this and ordaining that. You are sanctioning this, sanctioning that. You, you become so churchy and the church has become so worldly. You can't tell the two apart. And it grieves me so much that it makes me sick and it makes me want to throw you up out of my mouth. This is absolutely speaking of the same generation. The Laodicean generation is the Noah, Genesis chapter 6, replicated generation. There's no doubt about it. There's, when you really read the Word of God with an open mind, you can see that the days of Noah and the Laodicean church age are one and the same. Well, if that's the case, then and this is the year of the open door and the remnant that is left from the Philadelphian age that is going to be spared the judgment of God is very similar to the Noah generation. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and he was able to escape the judgment that came. Woo it's good preaching right here. Y'all, if you ain't hit that like button tonight already, I don't know. I don't even know what's wrong with it. I'm, I'm praying that God won't let you sleep tonight till you go back over here and hit the like button because you know you're getting some meat tonight. Now, that being said, so the days of Noah and the days of Laodicea are one and the same. Not just the condition of man, not just uh, that it grieved God, and then God also wants to throw them up out of their mouth. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to go there, and I just went there and I believe it, then you got to look at the whole picture of the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, it makes a point to say there were giants in the land, there were Nephilim in the land in those days and after. So we have, we got to go back one more thing. And I don't have the scripture to put up here, but trust me, you can go back and study it for yourself. I hope you do. The very beginning of Matthew chapter 24, when the question was asked, what shall be the sign of the end? What shall be the sign of the end of the church age? The first thing that comes out of Jesus' mouth, go back and read it and double check me. Before he talks about wars, before he talks about rumors of wars, before he talks about earthquakes, before he even talks about Noah, before he talks about one in the field is left and one is, is, is taken. All of those things. The first thing he says is, let no man deceive you. For many will come in that day proclaiming themselves to be Christ. They are coming as a false messiah. 
Understand the first sign is you will know that many will claim to be me. Now, why is that important? Because as we go into 24, we talk a lot about this thing called disclosure. There are, how many, how many knows that you ain't never heard the secular media and certainly the United States government talking about things like UFOs, aliens, beings from other worlds, other planets. You, it's almost on a daily basis. You see a, a video of a, what they call a UAP. It used to be called UFOs. I still call them UFOs, but they're just coming left and right. I do not watch TMZ, but I was surprised to find out somebody sent me a link that TMZ is doing a, 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 an at-length multi-episode documentary documenting the UFO revolution is what they're calling it, the alien revolution. And, and they're trying to make serious things instead of talking about Taylor Swift and Beyonce and all this. They're going to they're break down why have we been lied to about these aliens for all these years. That's their narrative. Why is that important? Standeo, by the way, uh, we go into in depth about this. Uh, tomorrow night, if you're watching this live, if you watch on the replay, then you'd be looking for this. But tomorrow night on the Kingdom Intelligence Report, it's called Is, is Civil War Coming? But the title of this that goes with it is called Are Nephilim, Are Sightings of Nephilim and Aliens a Distraction for the War Machine? Uh, so that's tomorrow night at seven o'clock. And I'm going to tell you something. Stan was in rare form y'all, uh, on this show. So make sure you are there to watch that. But, but let me just tell you something. Uh, I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart that we are talking about when Jesus said as in the days of Noah, let no man deceive you is because we are, we are at the precipice and we are beginning to see the rollout of what is called alien disclosure. And this is what's going to happen. They're going to come forth and they're going to, you're going to start hearing people say, we've been in conversation with these beings and these beings have said, don't tell them the truth. It would mess up everything. So many religions of the world would, 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 would be in, in an upheaval, but there's, so many people have walked away from God now. So many people are skeptical. And then you have the lukewarm Laodicean church that's ordaining things that God calls an abomination. All of this, the church has never been so primed to welcome the announcement that really this is who God is. Now, this, this is the narrative of certainly I do not believe this, but this is what's coming. We were all seeded here, meaning we were planted here by genetic whatever from aliens, from beings, something like that. And we wrote this thing called the Bible and we uh, made it to where, you know, they, it would help them not to turn on each other, give them a sense of purpose. And for thousands and thousands of years, we've let them believe this Bible narrative. But now we look at the climate. Now we look at all these wars. Now we look at how they're about to uh, launch nuclear weapons and they're going to annihilate everything that we've set back and watched and hoped that they would finally one day fix it. Apparently, they're not going to be able to fix it. So we need to come down there and be their savior. We need to show them that Jesus is not the Messiah. We made up Jesus. We made up God. We made up 
you know, all these religions to try to desert, divert you from what we didn't think you could handle. And that is the fact that we are really your God. Now, does that not sound like Satan? Satan had the primo job in heaven, y'all. He stood right beside the throne and led praise and worship in heaven. But what happened? It came into his heart that he was not getting enough attention. And he said, I will be like God. I will, my throne will actually go above his throne. I will supersede God. And of course, God cast him out of heaven and a third of the angels fell with him. So here we go. You got sightings, giants in Miami Mall. You've got UFOs. Uh, just this week, there's also now sightings of 10 to 12 foot giants uh, flying above the trees in Brazil. I'm talking about y'all, it's, it's coming and downloading so fast, you can't even keep up with it. You can't even keep up with it because there's so many sightings. What is happening? A lot of them are, are hoaxes. A lot of them are fake. A lot of them are people just trying to get clicks. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of, them are some of them are doors and portals to the demonic realm that's being opened for this season. And some of these are people are actually seeing creatures, entities, beings. They manifest in many different ways, and they've been doing it for, for generations. It's just escalating. Because now the world is getting ready to receive it. And by the way, that's also a part of the narrative that will help them really embrace when all of us are raptured out of the way and the aliens will, the beings or whatever you want to call the interdimensional beings will say, look, we are the one that taught you the power of evolution. Uh, now we need a spiritual uh, enlightenment revolution. And these, these, these Christians, these Jesus people have been holding us back for too long from progress. So we just took them out of the way so that now we can actually be, you can actually be as a people what we intended for you to be. But we had to get these religious people out of the way. We had to get these Christians out of the way. I'm telling you, when Jesus said, as the doors open, I will open doors that no man can shut, and I will shut doors that no man can open. Now, watch this. It doesn't mean that when he says, I will shut doors that no man can open and open doors that no man can shut, it doesn't mean that man cannot open doors. In fact, man has opened the door because we have dominion here and we have opened the door to the demonic realm. And there are many demons that were afraid and intimidated to come out of hiding, feel empowered to come out because of the Laodicean church that is sickening to God, makes God uh, sorry that he even made man. That's what we're talking about here. So I believe that you will see wars. You will see rumors of wars. You will hear of earthquakes on an escalated number in, in various places. Pestilence, all these things that we've always quoted from Matthew 24. Do not think it's by chance that all those are listed in Matthew 24. This is the year. I don't know if this is the year that the Lord comes back, but I'm going to tell you something. This is the year of turbo speed es escalation of the agenda of the enemy. And one of the first thing that Jesus said before he talked about Noah, before he talked about the earthquakes and all that was watch out for people trying to deceive you in that moment. And here's how they'll deceive you. They will try to supersede me. They will try to proclaim themselves to be a Messiah like me instead of me. 
And I believe that's what these Nephilim, these creatures, I, I don't know what happened in the Miami mall, you know, and people want to blow back and say all these kind of things about what it was, what it wasn't. Let me just tell you something about the Miami mall. I am really getting sick and tired of people saying, well, bless God, if it was something, then uh, in the day and age, we've got all these phones and these high definition cameras. Where's the footage? Where's the footage of the beings? I get it. I agree. I agree. But, but watch this. Where is the footage of anything? Where is the boys with sticks fighting? Where is the firecrackers? All we have is images of over 100 police cars, over 200 to 250 policemen on the ground, lights going over, black helicopters circling this area, this market, this mall, whatever you want to call it. And then we have people running for their lives out of it. That's all the footage we have. So where are the security cameras? Where are the, where are the images? How many times have you been scrolling through social media and you don't want to see it, but all of a sudden there's a video of somebody getting beat up, somebody fighting, somebody ambushing somebody. There's always somebody in the corner filming it. Anytime somebody's fighting on that kind of level, somebody's going to be recording. So there's going to be somebody hiding behind a, a column in there recording that. Where are those recordings? There is no recordings of anything. That's why it makes me sort of believe that it probably wasn't 10 to 12 foot uh, and it probably wasn't uh, kids fighting. Could have been either one. But something big happened there that's bigger than what we're being told, that it was a test for how will we respond when this thing happens. Because here's the thing. There are things coming forth. There are things happening at CERN that, that has scared people to death. They, they have literally people that will not even show their face that are actually legitimately employees of CERN who have left CERN because they have seen things that they cannot explain. They have, they have experienced things there that they cannot explain. David Grush, the, the whistleblower that came forth, he is making the rounds. I don't know if he's controlled opposition. I don't know if he's uh, working for the other side. I don't know what, it, what his agenda is, but he's telling people, not just in front of Congress. I covered it the other night. He's, he's telling people in secret meetings in Manhattan penthouses, the FBI, the CIA, the global elites, the billionaires are meeting in these private uh, unreported meetings, and he's telling about what the government has. What are we being prepared for? I'm telling you, this is the year of the open door. This is the year of the open door of heaven, but this is the year of the open door of the pits of hell. And I believe that we're going to see supernatural sightings. It's going to be on the uprise. It's going to be on the uptick. And here's the reality. If we do not have, as the body of Christ, a message to give them that is supernatural. Watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm getting trouble. People's going to quit me. They're going to they're gonna check out when they hear this. But if you're in a church that does not believe in the supernatural, if you're in a church that does not believe in the power of God, that does not believe in the power of casting out demons, I am advising you in this final generation to find you another church. I've never said that publicly. I'll, I'll pray for your pastor and all this, talk to your pastor, but I don't want anybody to leave their church. But here's the reality. We don't have time to play around and with demons. They are about to manifest on another level. And let me tell you, Jesus said that's a sign. The days of Noah. And the days of Noah wasn't just evil people. It was the sons of God came into the daughters of man. And there were giants in the land in those, in those days and afterward. And I'm telling you right now, you cannot preach. You're going to hear more and more people preaching this. More and more preachers are going to say this. But they haven't been saying it. Before now, 
But more and more preachers are going to preach about the days of Noah. But here's what I want to close with and tell you. You can't have a Noah generation, which is what we are, without a generation of Noahs. See, that's why I wanted to show you that Philadelphian church, because there is not one Noah. There is a generation of Noahs. This is the days of Noah. This is the days of the coming of the Son of Man. But this is not the days of one man finding grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the remnant finding grace in the eyes of the Lord. So are you going to be a part of the deceived? Or are you going to be a part of the generation of Noah's? Not the Noah generation. A generation of Noah's. Will you build and will you preach about something that the world has never seen. The world had never seen rain. They don't, they, it had never rained on the earth, but he preached about rain that is coming, something that had never happened before. Something that's never happened before is the rapture of the church in the end of the church age. It's coming. I know we've been preaching about it for 2,000 years, but it's coming, and we are building an ark. And here's the thing. When Noah got on that ark, God's grace and his mercy continued to keep the door open. Noah built the door, but he could not shut the door because it belonged to God. And the Bible said they stayed on that ship, on that ark for seven days, screaming out of the door, the rain is coming, the rain is coming. Get on the boat. There's enough room for all of you. Come on, the rain is coming. And they laughed and they mocked and they laughed and they mocked. And they thought those religious people will not shut up about this thing called rain. We don't even know what rain is. He's made it up. And one day the Lord said, I'll shut the door. And he shut the door. And when he shut the door, no man can open it. The door is about to be shut. That's why he said, work while it's day. For the night comes that no man can work. The door is about to be shut. Don't let the door be shut on you. Amen. Have you enjoyed this teaching tonight? Have you got anything out of it? If you got anything out of it, some of you like to use the super thanks, super chat. Maybe you want to sow into our ministry. Say hello, thank you. We don't ask that. We don't require that. But if you do, blesses us. Thank you so much. If you want to be a partner with us, thank you so much. Don't forget that tomorrow night is the Kingdom Intelligence Report. It's the third Thursday of the month. That means Stan Deo, none other than the man, the myth, the legend himself, Stan Deo will be with us. And, and hit, this is, this is the, a screenshot. We're going to talk about the eclipse. We're going to talk about civil war coming in 24. Some of the things that he says is just absolutely mind-boggling, y'all, uh, of what he says is coming. He's going to talk about the sun, some things that the sun are doing uh, that are signs that are going to bring the end time. So uh, partner with us. Join our mailing list. Go to LarryRaglin.com, LarryRaglin.tv, and everything that you need uh, is there for you. Go check it out tonight. And make sure you comment, let us know where you're watching from. And if you're watching on Facebook, remember, this is the only thing we do regularly on Facebook. Go to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel or our Rumble channel. Amen. God bless you. This is the days of Noah. Wake up. Wake up. Preach. You are a Noah. So God bless you. Love you. Hope you enjoyed it tonight. want to remind you that we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. We'll see you tomorrow night with Stan Dale. God bless and have a great night.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.